0: Hi everyone, listening to these podcasts may bring up some strong emotions for you. Please allow yourself to find a comfortable space and reasonable time afterwards for nurturing and self-care. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, I'm so glad you could join me as we talk through what the title of this podcast means, The Making of a Man. Dr. Jackson Katz, a world-renowned expert and activist on gender violence, was interviewed after the mass killing in Texas of those poor, innocent children and adults recently. He made the statement that the shooters are almost all white males, also stating that he felt gender is an important factor in mass killings and school shootings. He gave the example that over 99% of mass shootings are carried out by boys and young men, Also, making the statement, if the main factors were either mental illness or availability of guns, then why aren't 50% of the shootings done by girls? Because girls have every bit the mental health challenges as boys and the same access to guns. I have been extremely concerned for a very long time about how males as young children are told often to suck it up. Don't be a girl, you sissy, often when they are upset or when they begin to cry. If this treatment is what a young boy is subjected to at a young age, especially if it is from his own father or a significant male in his life, then this becomes the norm and feelings become suppressed. A young boy grows into a teenager continuing to suppress feelings that they are not supposed to show. What does this mean when the message he received as a child that showing any feelings is a sign of a weakness? What does this do to someone with deep, troubled feelings especially with regard to the recent shooting in the United States, where guns of all descriptions are so readily available. Which brings me to the point of my podcast today, what does the making of a man actually mean? In years gone by, men were brought up to be protectors, to provide safety. They were the hunters and the gatherers, and the women were left at home to keep the home fires burning. It seems, over time, that this meant that the men were the more superior, more knowing, the warriors who women looked up to for guidance and protection. Of course, over the years, this has changed. Have men been able to assimilate that into the psyche of the normal male's role? I guess this is a question I am putting out there. There are many men who are able to talk to their boys in particular about their feelings. They are not ashamed to do so for whatever reason. But what about the ones who have been told that their overt feelings were not going to be received well in their working environment? I'm interested in their early adult life, how they negotiate the trades they are undertaking or how they approach their early years at university. What behaviours do they continue to display, especially when they are in relationships? Is it what they have learned from the significant males in their lives to suck it up? How does anyone suck it up? Think about the difficulties with this statement. How is anyone meant to suck it up? Forget. Don't show emotions. Drink more. Take more drugs because the feelings are beginning to emerge. And of course, your childhood message is you are not permitted to show any outer display of a deep emotion or feeling. So bottle it up again and again and again and push the feelings down of hurt. Guilt, confusion, frustration, anxiety, depression, sadness, being overwhelmed, resentment. And how did those feelings eventually become exposed? In the explosion of anger, rage, and in the case of the recent mass murders, acts of violence against others. Dr Katz stated, Violence is not an end unto itself, it's a means to an end. People use violence to get something. The question becomes, what are they trying to get and why? It's not a coincidence that the overwhelming majority of violence is perpetrated by men, and indeed young men, who are doing this for a variety of reasons that are often highly gendered. To gain or maintain power and control in a relationship, for example. To assert or protect their status in the hierarchy. To gain or regain manly respect. They could be angry or despondent about recent events. They're feeling grief, disappointment, loss, rejection. Dr Katz talked about something I strongly agree with, even though he said it was a general statement. Boys in our society and others are trained to externalise their pain. When someone abuses them or treats them poorly, Powerful cultural narratives teach them to externalise their pain and project outwardly what they're experiencing inwardly. Young boys need to be told that it is okay to feel vulnerable and that it doesn't mean that they are less strong, powerful or manly. Dr Katz further states the rugged individualist ideology dictates that men should have mastery over themselves, power and control over others, especially women. This ideology says that this behaviour is the essence of manhood. Giving boys permission to be vulnerable in the early years, to feel emotion, needs to come from their fathers and other adult men in the lives of boys. Suicidal thoughts go hand in hand with suppressed feelings. The pain and anguish of knowing there is no way of handling the intense feelings are emerging. How can they know? They haven't been taught that any feeling that they may have is normal. They haven't had conversations with other significant males in their lives about sharing feelings safely and openly discussing any feeling safely because it doesn't feel safe to them. It's not safe to share. How can we encourage males in particular to explore their own childhood messages and change the way they speak to the young boys in their lives? Perhaps they have heard messages such as crying is for wimps, babies and sissies, keep a stiff upper lip, or we will withhold our approval, respect and love, put on a happy face, strong emotions are scary and bad. If you must feel them, don't show or express them, and when the going gets tough, the tough get going. We love tough people best. The other part of this is the fact that often they are taught, whether overtly or covertly, That getting any form of professional help to deal with their feelings is not okay. Then if it hurts, to use nicotine, alcohol, drugs or work really hard at what they do to feel better and to deny you were doing this. I was hoping by talking about this today that a way of opening up further communication between men in particular would take place. That perhaps a male role model could begin to unravel the often seemingly impossible chaotic non-feelings from their childhood and begin to talk about the grief and pain they feel or have felt and share it with someone else. It could be the beginning of allowing them to share it with their sons. They could give themselves permission to feel. I understand that they would also need to have tools to assist them to allow the feeling process to occur. That could be by talking to a counsellor trained in grief and loss and allow that aha moment to happen for them. Thanks everyone for listening. I would love to hear your feedback and a way of doing this is by emailing me at mail at jambaylesscounselling.com.au. It is a heavy topic. I implore all to take special care of yourselves as you begin to think through the words of this podcast and I look forward to sharing with you again in the near future.